Hit it. Guys, books, audio books, audio dramas, Guys show is brought to you by freehollowbooks.com. Get a hollow book for anything you want to put into it, and you might even get it free. Freehollowbooks.com. This is the Book Guys show. We are back from a short summer hiatus. We've got a, a full panel tonight here on the Skypes. Um, well, let's see who we got starting off. Let's go from west to east. We've got Mr. Craig Damlo out there on the west coast. How are you, Craig? Good, but I'm in the uh, no coast uh, this week uh, in Kansas City. Oh, that's right. We never know where you are. You're down there <laughs> dealing with uh, some flying machines, probably. Yeah, but I like to make it a surprise. You are still more west than the rest of us. <laughs> well, there in the Midwest, we have... The Professor Allen, how are you tonight, sir? Professor Allen! Yeah! Yeah! Well, now I'm feeling a lot better. No, after have, having some uh, minor eye surgeries the last few weeks, if there is such a thing, it is nice to be reading again. Although podcasts and audiobooks have come in really handy the last few weeks. Yeah, I guess they're, they're your friend now more than ever. Absolutely. So they just work. You work on one eye at a time. You don't you're not rolling the dice, just going for both. Well, they 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 did take a few weeks off in between, but it was both. Oh, okay. It's crazy. All right, you're through. I just wanted the eye of the tiger. I mean, actually, I wanted an eye of a tiger, but no. <laughs> Eight damn HMOs. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> uh, and uh, we have. Uh, Another guest host tonight here, or just a guest, Paul Alves up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Paul the Book Guy. <laughs> hey, hey guys, how you doing? It's great to be a guest on the show. This is fantastic. Much less it's pressure. <laughs> Much less pressure. Yes, yeah, this is great. I just sit back and talk. I don't know if I ice myself. I'm Jimmy Goots. I'm here in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, also known as Sir Jimmy. That's right. That's right. In the boogie down. Here we got um, a special guest tonight, also in Toronto, Mr. Brad Lepp, who uh, works with the Arts Vote Toronto, does some volunteer work and also some does some summer stock or some type of theater. I don't know. Let's say hello. Hi, gentlemen. Pleasure to uh, join you this evening. And uh, Alan, just so you know, in Canada's healthcare, everyone gets an eye of the tiger. Uh, oh, oh yeah. hang on, Jim. We got to give him a. <laughs> That's my. Oh wow, well, that that uh, that little jingle reminds me. Coming up later, a prize aganza update. That's right. We do have a winner, Jimmy. Oh, that's terrific. I always hate it when you know we uh, have some type of contest and and nobody ever sends anything in because they think, ah, you know, all these thousands of listeners, how am I ever going to get picked to win? But there are real winners on the Book Guys show. That's right. 
because usually there's just a bunch of losers on the book guy show. <laughs> well, hey, now, that's not what you meant. Hey, I represent that. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually we start off with uh, what's everybody reading, what's what's on your Kindles, what's on your nightstands, um, and how about we just work backwards and, and say, uh, Brad, what's keeping you busy this summer? Sure. I'm actually cracked open a classic uh, going back to uh, kind of young audiences, reading um, – Rereading uh, T.H. White's uh, Once and Future King, uh, Sword in the Stone, uh, all those all those classics. So I'm kind of reapproaching them and enjoying them. No, no, so Brad, it seems I, to be the time when uh, when the classics enter everybody's consciousness. Well, I know when I went into the bookstore just yesterday, everything's laid out. You know, everything from Catcher in the Rye, and they bring out Shakespeare. I guess they think you have to read a classic if you're going to the beach. <laughs> well, it's you're sitting under a tree with a picnic, and you what do you you know imagine, imagine you're reading, right? Yeah. No, no, Brad, no, I, I got to ask you. This is Paul speaking. Uh, how do you like to absorb a book? Is it uh, paper? Is it uh, ebook? Is it a Kindle? Is it audio? I, I do enjoy audiobooks actually quite a bit. Uh, I tend to go, still go with the paper, a bit of a luddite, I guess, in that way still. Um, uh, but it is, it's, it's, it's a challenge when I'm reading, you know, you read fiction or sci-fi or something, you got these big tomes of, uh, literature and they're just so heavy to lug around with you to go to work and stuff. So I'm uh, thinking of upgrading soon. Nice. Maybe they need to, you know, put some new technology into those bigger books where you, you can, you know, a book that snaps apart and you can take like five chapters with you. There you go. I like that. Yeah, you know, what, Jimmy, I was always thinking, Jimmy, that uh, with, uh, when they started with the digital movies and they used to give you a little code in the DVD uh, where you could uh, uh, download the digital version, yeah. I think all, all paper, tree versions of books should come with a code for a, a Kindle version. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think Amazon is doing something like that now where if you, if you buy music from them, they'll automatically... Uh, throw it into the cloud for you, and you can listen to it. Oh yes, uh, Whis- WhisperSync. Something I've and, never used, no, but no, 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 that's uh, yeah. The but the book on the book front, they do. If you buy a Kindle version of a book, they also have on Audible. They'll sell you the Audible for I think like half price. Yeah, and then it syncs up where you're reading syncs to the audio and vice versa. So you, you can go back and forth without having to find your spot. But, but you know what, Craig? I, I've always found that if I'm listening to an audio and reading a, either a paper book or uh, an e-book, I usually uh, read them simultaneously. I don't, like I'm listening to one book and reading another on my Kindle. Yeah, I, I'm the same way, but I just, that's... That's kind of what the whisper sync is, though, is they actually, if you wanted to do both. But yeah, I, I don't think I would want to read part of the time and listen part of the time to the same book. I either I'm that listening to so one confusing. book and reading another. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. anyone out there actually uses the whisper sync that way, flipping between audio and text, uh, give us a shout at uh, Paul the Book on Twitter or Free Hollow Books or Professor Allen. Let us know you're actually using that feature because I, I really don't find a use case for it. But I hear what you're saying, Paul, though. I, I, I've often thought that it would be great if, yeah, inside the book jacket there was a little scratch-off. You'd get a code that you could then download it. I still like to have something tangible. I feel yeah. like I'm investing in that story, and like, and so I yeah. have that story. Absolutely. But, uh, 
but something that you could get both, it seems to me. And then that's the thing is you want to buy the same book twice? Right. And, and you know, Brad, this is something we've revisited a few times here on the Book Guys show is uh, the fact that uh, in most cases across all platforms, you really don't own that book that you bought in e-format. You, uh, you own a license and right. the license expires when you expire. And right. uh, I think the, the, the barrier to entry for someone wanting to acquire a large ebook uh, library is the ability to transfer to your children or to your friend or to whoever you betrothed it to. And until that happens, until I can give my books and just sign in and say, when I die, I want to give my books to Nobot, Goots. Uh, until then, I don't see people want, wanting to acquire an ebook library because it's just going to vanish when you pass away. One of the well, hey. uh, com so one of the uh, comic book companies, I think it's Marvel, has been doing that recently. Where, when you buy a f physical copy of the new book, you mm -hmm. get a code for a free. I don't know if it's Comicsology or what the exact format is, but you get a digital version as well. So, what have you been reading, Professor? Now you you. I'm currently reading. Uh, a thriller by David Baldacci called The Forgotten. Nice. And I'm a, I'm a fan of his. Uh, and this one, a small beach town in Florida has been witness to a series of crazy deaths and explosions and gunfire. All seems to be linked at this point to human trafficking of some kind. So I'm a fan of most of his thrillers, and this one is starting off pretty well. I like anybody who's found a way to cram two C's together in their name. <laughs> that's a, a that's a feat. <laughs> and uh, Craig, uh, I think you're you're reading something. What is it? We I thought we had a nonfiction jingle here. Let me look. No, apparently not. There it is. <laughs> nonfiction. Craig. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I hit the mute button. Hang on, Craig. Maybe we'll do this again. Hang on. <laughs> Bad cough button. Uh, Nonfiction. Yeah, I finished. Uh, just finished reading the Medici effect. Uh, or Medici effect. What you can learn from elephants and epidemics by Franz Johansson. Ooh. Or, or Johansson. Medici have two C's jammed together. No, one C. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. <sighs> no good. But, uh, it, you know, it's a book all about how, um, I mean, he goes off the basis that the, the reason part of the birth of the Renaissance was the Medici family was able to pay for so much stuff. And because of that, everybody kind of came to them and started cross-breeding information and knowledge. And so you started getting a, tr a true transfer of knowledge. And he's kind of stating that, that that's what we need to do today, um, you know, of, of doing something exactly like that. Where, or, or for example, he touched on Bell Labs back in the uh, transistor think, days. Well, yeah, pre-transistor days even, where they, they brought all these people together with, you know, chemistry background, physics background, and, and the, these great ideas started coming out with it. Uh, one of the stories he goes through in it and... I can't remember the guy's name now, but it was a, a gentleman worked for the, the French telecom and he was in Santa Fe at the Santa Fe Institute for something. And, you know, one night he's having drinks next to a, uh, 
uh, a guy that was studying ants. And they got to talking, and the guy was telling him, the ant guy was telling him about how ants go find the most efficient route to food simply by scattering and then you know the amount of pheromones gets thicker if it's a shorter path because it's stronger and more and more ants go down it and he took that knowledge back and created a more efficient phone system to enable to find the fastest and most efficient way to route phone calls and now i guess they're using his same algorithms or same knowledge to decrease the amount of fuel fuel trucks use in Switzerland to get fuel to gas stations up in the mountains. So, it, it, you know, that's what the book's about. And it's, it's an interesting book um, and has some great uh, stories like that in it. about And, how and Craig, uh, the, uh, that uh, whole efficiency of the ant, the way they work, uh, I don't have the, the name with me, but there's a book on my to-read list, and it's about how city planners are also using the, the pathways that ants form to go from... Uh, hive to hive where they're actually using that pattern to uh, create roads from cities to cities because it is actually the most efficient way to move traffic and i'm gonna i'll bring that next week but i don't have it with me but it's definitely on my to-read list right i I don't know if we i I feel like we've talked about this before but here in greensboro one of the local colleges after they added uh, a few new buildings they they didn't put in any sidewalks they let like the the students go through a whole year and they saw where the students were walking and cutting through and all that. And then they paved them. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, uh, you know, mid rise and, and high rise buildings do that. Uh, they're doing, you know, they'll, they'll put interlock pathways and then people will just walk a path across the grass. So eventually they'll change the pathway to where the people actually do walk. That's so crowdsourcing uh, of a different way. I like it. <laughs> right. So I uh, understand you also got a nonfiction book up there, Paul. Uh, you're reading Hunter S. Thompson. I do. I do. Favorites. You know what? I, I got my new Kindle. Uh, I, first of all, I got the, uh, the, the cheaper one, the $80 one. Loved it. Does it have ads on it? No, it does not. But uh, I, I finally got over my whole no ebook thing, and I, I got a Kindle. About a week into it, I said, you know what? I'm going to give this to my mom, and I'm going to get the paper white for myself. So I filled her Kindle with a bunch of Portuguese language books, gave it to her, and I picked up a Kindle paper white. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. But I decided to fill it with a bunch of badass books. And how more badass can you get? I filled it with Hunter S. Thompson and Ernest Hemingway. So um, They are men. Yes. Going out with a bang. Those are men's men. All right? I, I understand why. Johnny Depp did, uh, you know, fulfill Hunter S. Thompson's wish of being shot out of a cannon at his funeral. Uh, I'm just through uh, Hell's Angels, which is a nonfiction by uh, Hunter S. Thompson. And man, is Hunter a badass mofo. I mean, I, I'm, you know, to the point where not only is he with the Hell's Angels, he's a reporter at the time. And uh, they didn't kill him. He managed to survive his whole time with them. And they used his car at one point as a beer cooler. They didn't put beer coolers in his car. They used his car as a beer cooler. And he was cool with it because he didn't want to die. He was but, cool with it, huh? Yeah. And this is in the 60s. <laughs> uh, he goes through the background to the 50s where the Hells formed and uh, uh, their whole origin story. And uh, this book takes place mostly in the late 60s. 
just as they were hitting the, the, the zeitgeist and the public psyche. And uh, he really does give some inside information and names names, and uh, it's great. <laughs> you want to learn about the Hells Angels in the 60s? Hells Angels by Hunter S. Thompson. And, you know, he's the badass. He hangs out with, uh, you know, hangs out with Johnny Depp and Bill Murray. And uh, lots of fun. You will learn a lot about the Hells Angels if you read this book. And I'm going to move on. I'm going to go through the whole Hunter S. Thompson, uh, whole anthology, the whole, his whole dis discography, as they say in uh, music. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> and, and definitely a badass, got to tell you. That's ambitious. I also, Sir Jimmy, in uh, fiction, science fiction, I did read the same book that your young uh, man there over there, Noah, Nobot. Maze Runners, the young adult uh, trilogy. I did uh, read the first one. Interesting. I think Is it's it going to be uh, reminiscent gonna... of anything else. Well, you know, it's it's the Hunger Games with uh, Maze. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> kind of what we thought. The... <laughs> Interesting enough that it, it kept me. It was compelling enough that I read the whole thing. Uh, not compelling enough that I rushed the sequel. But uh, I may do that when the second uh, movie comes out in a couple of years. But, uh, yeah, interesting, for sure. I can see why Noah loves it. We went to see the Planet of the Apes movie um, just a few days ago, and there was uh, a preview of it, you know, kind of a, you know, yep. lengthy, more than, more than you see on TV. And my wife was out. We got seats. She was out getting popcorn and drinks, and uh, she missed <laughs> the preview. She was quite upset. But oh. it, it actually looked looked. It looked compelling to me, uh, more so than, than the last Hunger Games well, movie. Well, you know, all I can say, Jimmy, is I hope that uh, the screenwriters and the producers and the Hollywood bigwigs didn't, I'm trying to be uh, political here, didn't make involuntary love with it like the producers of the Ender's Game movie did with uh, our good friend Scott Card's, you know, Ender's Game did. I'm just saying, I hope that it is closer to the book than uh, Ender's Game, the movie, was. Well, I, uh, I started a book and um, couldn't get through it. I think, I think we both, we won't even mention it. We, I think I saved you some torment. Um, we, <laughs> we agreed to toss it aside. Friends don't let uh, friends read bad books. Yes, <laughs> it was lemmed. Um, struck by genius. Uh, how a brain injury made me a mathematical marvel by Jason Paget, and it says real small and Maureen Seberg. Okay, um, Matthew this guy, is not a writer. <laughs> <laughs> this guy got uh, the crap beat out of him after after leaving a um, a bar because the bartender saw he had like two hundred dollars in his wallet, and he told these guys, and these guys beat him up, took his money, you know. Punched him in the head a bunch of times, kicked him in the head, and he went to the hospital, went home, and you know started developing all this stuff. Uh, you know, mathematically, he was looking at at water coming out of the sink and was was seeing it in like polygons, and everything and everywhere he looked, um, everything was different. He saw things in math and and started to talk to people about it. He wouldn't wouldn't leave his house for weeks at a time. He was a uh, you know, he had post-traumatic stress disorder. That sounds, sounds, like, uh, sounds like LSD to me, Jimmy. Well, maybe. <laughs> PTSD, you <know>? LSD, they're close. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's accurate. Think about Alice in Wonderland. Isn't there the scene where she's seeing the math, and that's 
he wrote all of that. Uh, Carol wrote all of that on LSD. There's some mention <laughs> of that in the book. I mean, the book, it, it's only uh, seven. It's audio is awesome. Just popped it in and listen uh, to Jimmy, it. Jimmy, we, we, we got we to go back, Jimmy. Uh, hang on. And uh, we lost you at it's only. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, I was, I'm excited because it was only seven hours and 25 minutes. It was a very minimal commitment. I got the uh, it's all on one MP3 CD that I got from our friends at Brilliance Audio who you know, they if you go, you can go to audibletrial.com slash book guys, get a free book just for signing up. Or you can also go to Brilliance Audio if you just want a CD. You can pop in your car. You got a new car that plays MP3 CDs. And you know, it, it was cool. It goes, this book actually went through like the 10 years of his life to finally getting his life back together, finding out what had happened to, um, to him along the way. He got really mesmerized with, uh, with pie. And uh, mm. drawing circles, he said there is, there is no such thing as a circle. When okay. you break it down, it's all math. It's, poly- it's polygons. Right. And, I don't know. I I was enthralled with it. Um, Which one of the most interesting books I've listened to in a while. And I, I think <laughs> it was right up my alley. <laughs> Great. So let's see. Oh, I just made a note right here. We had sort of a bet going on the World Cup, didn't we? Uh oh! One of us—I can't remember exactly who. I know one of us picked the exact right team to win it all. It was not. It wasn't Craig. It wasn't Jimmy, and it wasn't Paul. I can't remember who that. It might have been Alan. Alan, you picked Germany. Deutschland. Damn! Yeah, I did. Terrific. <laughs> we have some studio audience here at the shop, and uh, some clapping going on. Deutschland Uber Alice, you got it right, uh, there, Professor Alan. If what do I, what do I owe you again? It. If I only put money on it. <laughs> what do I owe you, Professor Allen? I owe you something. <laughs> uh, have Paul Alves for city councilor t-shirt. After oh. the election, if there are any left over. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, now, one of the coolest things throughout the whole World Cup was, no matter which team was winning or playing, somehow CBC could always find a group of 63,000 people in Toronto reading, <laughs> rooting for that team, which is, I'm so proud of my city that... We have the most multicultural population in the world. It doesn't matter. Even if it was Uzbekistan, there would still be 60,000 people somewhere eating and drinking. Well, we know a guy down here who's from Costa Rica, and boy, was he happy for a while. Oh, yes. (laughs) So they had a great run. I almost bought a Netherlands soccer jersey, and as I was (laughs) on eBay, I realized that they had just lost. (laughs) <laughs> so, timing is everything transaction <laughs> denied so hey let's let's bring in brad lepp let's let's see what's going on in toronto what else is going on yeah i think they're still recovering from the hangover at least all of my german friends um <laughs> yeah so i i'm just involved with a group called uh, arts for we have a municipal election coming up uh, in the fall and uh, we just talk to people about trying to uh, promote People, the electorate, keeping arts and culture, thinking about that when they're making their decisions. Um, obviously, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, talking to politicians like Paul uh, about including arts in their platform, generally raising awareness about the impact of arts and culture in the city. Uh, as you know, Toronto is, a, is the largest city in, in Canada, so we've got a huge arts, uh, arts community. 
Um, and a lot of people think about it as kind of a, you know, the touchy feely, you know, nice to have, uh, but don't necessarily think about it as big business. Uh, and it really is a central part of kind of a healthy city uh, in Toronto and you know, across North America and around the world. Um, arts and culture in, in the city here, it's, it's, it's $11.3 billion uh, industry in the city each year. It, uh, that's about 5% of our uh, GDP. So it's, it's, it's kind of a big deal and often it gets ignored or pushed to the side or just kind of poo-pooed and we want to make sure that it's part of the conversation as we head into the election. And Brad, we were just recently, uh, just now on the show, talking about how, uh, talking about how so, numbers and mathematics uh, has so much to do with like a circle and, and just art in general. Uh, it's so important. I mean, look at Apple. Every design they, they put out, whether it's an iPhone or their, the logo for iCloud, has so many instances of the beautiful number of uh, you know, 1.618. Uh, you can look online, whether it's a pi or the beautiful number of 1.618, the, 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 the beautiful ratio, math and, and art has so much to do with big business. And even the Apple logo has the, those numbers included, the art. They, they always uh, go to art, go to the beautiful, beauty. Beauty is math, math is the universe. Absolutely. I mean, arts and culture, are, it's the synergy, right, for a healthy community, healthy creative industries. Uh, we have a bunch of video game uh, uh, developers just moved into, into the neighborhood because we know it's, you know, that's the future growth industries. Uh, over the last number of years, arts and culture uh, is, is growing much faster, I think 5% a year faster than uh, pretty much any other industry. Uh, and, you know, people are making their living. In fact, about, I think, 5% of Toronto is employed in arts and culture. So it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, our group is a volunteer group. We, uh, we try to bring together, obviously, kind of the usual suspects. We have, you know, theaters, dancers, musicians, but we also bring on board, you know, writers, designers, architects, video game designers, um, artisans, uh, you know, uh, whether you're designing clothes or jewelry, any, any podcasters, sort of podcasters, podcasters are definitely <laughs> artists. And so it's in the, I mean, the participants, but also the people who enjoy it, right? The audiences, uh, we have BIAs, business improvement associations, uh, involved because they recognize that it's, it's a big deal. More people come to Toronto for arts and culture than they do for sporting events. Uh, I think four times as much. So it's it's a big deal. We're trying to kind of build that broad coalition, and it's so easy uh, in elections. We um, you you may be up to date with our, our wonderful mayor uh, in Toronto, uh, <laughs> and uh, so easy to get sidetracked into a, you know a silly debate and silly discussions. We want to make sure that uh, there's some important conversations going on. And as we found out, you know you. you can't get rid of you can't go back on your decision you can't we can't get rid of him right right <laughs> so uh these are important decisions we want to make sure that they're informed and well made so i mean a lot of people when they're running for office they want to tell you what they think about immigration or taxes or health care and every one of those people has some type of opinion when it comes to the arts but it's not necessarily something they bring to the forefront and the for people who that's important to, you are there to bring that information to them. Absolutely. So, and like you just said, people tend to have opinions. Uh, it's surprising how few informed opinions there are on most subjects, but uh, especially arts and culture. 
Uh, and we want our leaders to have that vision. We want them to have, in, you know, the information to make that decision, uh, to make have that vision, uh, and then provide that vision uh, to the electorate to make a decision. So one thing that we do is we do put out a survey to all uh, uh, incumbents uh, as well as as um, new politicians campaigning in each ward, uh, as well as all the mayoral candidates. And it's basically, a, you know, a survey. Where do you stand on these various issues? And there's no right and wrong answer. But uh, and people can be very pro arts, but believe something that you know, different methodologies or different visions of that. And that's okay. Um, but we just want to be able to ask them to articulate it, think about it, and then we share that. We will issue a report card every year right before the election. Um, that gives a bit of a guide to voters of, you know, is this politician a potential champion for the arts? Will they kind of go to bat for us come budget time? Or is this someone who, you know, really has, has kind of come out and said that they, you know, they're uninformed or that they're not interested or their priorities lay, lay elsewhere? And that's, that's okay, but we just want people to be informed about that. You know, you know Brad, uh, I wish there was someone doing what you're doing, but for every topic. I wish there was a place that... Uh, mm. The voter could go yeah. and see all their policy, all of their yeah. ideas, and put it all in what? one place. And this is great. If you're into the arts, go to art, was it artsvote.ca. I got it right? That's absolutely right. Artsvote.ca. And, you know, there are so many different associations that are doing similar work on transit, housing, uh, and the environment. Uh, there is probably no one resource, unfortunately. And the nice thing is there's so many synergies between these groups, right? Um, you know, the cyclists, if you're pro-cycling, you're, you're often pro-art as well. And so our communities overlap in really nice ways. You just described Ward 18. <laughs> I just happened to describe Ward 18, That's right. coincidentally enough. But I think it's also up to the, the, the voter as well. You know, the, politicians work so hard to get their message out and to meet voters that, you know, you, a voter needs to be pretty lazy to not be informed uh, and to not get the details uh, that they need. And it's all, you know, all that information is on the web. It's, it, we need to take responsibility for ourselves, but a groups like ours is, are there to kind of help make sure that that information is accessible. Well, you know how you can go in and you can vote straight tickets. You can vote straight Democrat, state re straight Republican, or whatever you guys have in Canada. Who knows? Can you <laughs> vote straight arts ticket? Wouldn't that be awesome if you could? The nice thing about our uh, municipal elections, and I'm not sure if it's the same in the states, is that it's, there's, there are no parties. Uh, on, a, on a city level, everyone is meant to work together. Uh, and right. so while certainly they, they range, the candidates and the, the elected officials range on the political spectrum, there's no uh, formal grouping of them. Now, often they will kind of identify themselves as, you know, on that political, political spectrum. But I think it's really a great aspect of at least our municipal politics is that there's no label. Uh, right. Your track record is your track record. What you believe is what you articulate. Uh, and really, you're supposed to be working together as one cohesive body. Now, now sometimes in Toronto, they, they skirt around that and, and they associate themselves with a party without saying so. Like, we know that Olivia Chow's NDP because of yep. her associations. But I, I love that part about the municipality uh, is municipal elections in Toronto is that you cannot identify yourself as liberal, conservative, or uh, in, I guess in the case of Jimmy in, in your country, be a Republican or Democrat, but you're not allowed to identify yourself as one or the other. That's great. Because especially, a, especially at that local level, 
you know, we expect, uh, you know, the we expect the jurisdiction that's smaller and the more local to be more effective on those day-to-day types of issues. Right. Mm-hmm. And and if you sort of strip partisanship out of it, I think that that's got to help somewhat. Absolutely. Jimmy, are we ready for a break? I, I say we uh, we take a break, and I, we still want to talk to Brad about his uh, summer stock there at the theater when we come back. Well, let me forget. All right. Sounds great. Hi, everybody. It's Adam Curry here from the No Agenda Show, best podcast in the universe. But I do want to wish a very happy 100th episode to the second best podcast in the universe. So happy birthday, book guys. Welcome back, everyone, to the Book Guys Show. Here, the second half of the wrap-up. We're talking with Brad Lepp from the Arts Vote Toronto. And, uh, Brad, you were going to talk a little bit about your uh, involvement with theater there. Sure, yeah. So I'm involved with the artsvote.ca, which is a great resource for uh, any of your listeners that are in Toronto for the upcoming municipal elections. Uh, My theater, it's called Soul Pepper. Um, we uh, operate out of the distillery district. Yes, there's, it is a qu- not a coincidence that the theater is near the alcohol. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, we're Toronto's largest theater. We're actually the largest repertory theater in uh, North America. Uh, we usually have uh, two or three shows going on. And so if any visitors to Toronto, please check us out. We have a wonderful production of 12 Angry Men playing right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the most well-reviewed companies it's it's really quite an ensemble and uh, we kind of specialize in those large ambitious uh, ensemble works which uh, yeah. are great to see is it true that the canadian version of that play is actually 12 mildly disgruntled gentlemen? <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> they just apologize a lot to the entire thing uh and get nothing done it's really weird <laughs> there is a there's an all female version, and I believe it's they still called it Twelve Angry Men, uh, which is kind of a weird, misleading title. But uh, they just you know they just recast it all as as twelve women in a room. But the angry women people. monologues. <laughs> <laughs> I take that back. Uh, Jimmy, do we have time for some technology? We always have time for technology. It's my favorite jingle. Technology. I'm not sure if anyone caught, caught my jingle, uh, not my jingle, caught my tweet last night. I was pissed off. I had a little scratch on my Kindle Paperwhite. And it eventually sure. got deeper and deeper. And there's a little light coming at me. And my OCD was killing me. I couldn't read this damn thing. There's a light shining on my face. So at about 6.30 last night. I said, well, this is a piece of crap, this Kindle thing. I'm going back to books. I'm going back to books. So I, I filled out the form on Amazon. You know what? I, it's only, I've only had it for two weeks. I said, that's it. I want a new one. I want, I, want a, I want a replacement. Filled out the thing, got the little thing, printed out the thing to send back my old one. And, I, you know, I knew my decalgirl.com, my Doctor Who police box decal was coming tomorrow. I said, well, I'm going to have to wait three weeks two or three weeks to put my decal on my new Kindle now. And guess what I found when I got to work this morning, Jimmy? Oh, no. Right in the mailbox, a brand new Kindle Paperwhite was sitting in my mailbox. Now, that is what I call customer service. And you know what? I like to do all my book 
uh, ebook or, or book purchases, uh, kind of in a stealth way. I don't use my name, Paul Elvis, or Paul the Book Guy, because I know they're gonna, you know, they're gonna pander to the book show. Oh, they're gonna hosts. try to woo you. You know, what I mean, they're gonna they're gonna you know fan the, you know, wave the fan in your direction, blow smoke up your arse. Oh and sure. They had no idea it was Paul from uh, the Book Guy's show, and six o'clock this morning, there it is in my mailbox, brand new Kindle. Now, do you have? A Prime membership, or is that even available in Canada? I, I do. It does not have the benefits it does in the U.S. of A. I know you guys get all the kinds streaming of... streaming TV. Streaming TV and whatnot. Uh, we just use our Netflix here. But, uh, yeah, there's no... Other than uh, better shipping for purchases, we don't have... Uh, we don't get all the all-you-can-eat books that you do in the States yet. So what do they, what do they charge you for it up there? I'm not sure what my uh, Prime membership cost me. It's negligible, whatever it is, because I don't really care. You know, it's not they that jack much. Ours up. Ours is a hundred bucks. Are you kidding? Per year? Yeah, it was seventy nine, okay. and we re um, uh, our family here. We re upped, and then just weeks later, they changed it, you know, jacked it up another twenty bucks. Oh man! But yeah, but you, know, you know what I'm saying? Perfect. Though. That happened to me, but we, we don't have to pay the higher fee till next year. Oh, I see. You've got 11 months to uh, yeah. figure out if it's worth but, it. But you know what I mean, Craig? I, I don't put, like, Paul Alves or, you know, Paul the Book Guy or Book Guy's show on my account that I use for these things so I can review them properly uh, and just as a regular customer. There it was in my mailbox the next day. And they didn't ask me for, you know, a new credit card number or whatever. There it was. I was I've like, oh, great. A, I've heard a rumor that Toronto is the biggest city in Canada, so maybe they have a uh, center right there. Oh, they, they probably do. They have a distribution uh, node somewhere here. The drones will be flying soon and dropping the Kindle on my head, but I was very impressed. I was impressed, so uh, I, I got my decal girl skin on my new Kindle, Paperwhite, and I'm sending nice. back my old one tomorrow. And I was just very impressed. Amazon, uh, don't drop your Amazon uh, Kindle, by the way. It's a bad idea. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, scratching that screen. I can see where that would be just totally annoying. Yeah, but you know what? I, I love the Kindle Paperwhite. Uh, here's my quick review: the light that they put on it, the backlight is indirect light, so they shine the light on the Paperwhite screen. So the light is not actually LEDs behind the screen like you would get on a you know on a iPhone or an Android device or you know on, on your iMac. The light that's is not key. shining towards you. The light is shining across your screen so you're always getting indirect light uh great to read at night during the day wonderful i am now sold on the ebook reader i know it only took me like five years but i am now part <laughs> of the ebook revolution they've what, sold what is me the, uh what's the paper white going for the paper white in canada goes for 139 dollars plus tax now so is that 3g and no ads or no that's or wi-fi no ads uh, I okay. don't see a purpose for the 3G because it does work as a USB device. Uh, I can always put PDFs and whatnot on it. I really don't need the 3G aspect of it because if I really want to buy some books from Amazon, I can buy 10 of them at a time and slap them on when I'm in Wi-Fi range. So for me, the extra whatever, $20 or $30 for 3G is not worth it. Uh, there is no benefit other than the 3G if you pay And how far $3. are you ever from a Starbucks in Toronto? Yeah, you're never far from a Starbucks or a <laughs> Bell or Rogers Wi-Fi spot, so uh, it's pretty good. Okay, so what about the no ads? You you didn't pay for the uh, 3G, but you paid to have no ads. No, 
There's no ads. Oh, so, really? So I don't know if uh, you guys have an ad version. Right, yeah. It's because uh, mine has ads on it. I got the 3G because I travel so much. I buy books wherever. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's international, which I've used it all over. But it, so mine has ads. And I'm trying to look up now because I don't remember what the price difference was. But they're, they're very unobtrusive. It's, you know, like right now says Kindle monthly deal. And it's, it's showing some book. And I can turn that off. Uh, but it's, you know, by paying whatever this fee is, I can't remember, but, uh, yeah, it shows us ads and I didn't pay for it. Uh, it looks like $20. So it's $20 cheaper to have ads. So it's one night, the paper white, uh, Wi-Fi is one nineteen, no ads, one thirty nine with ads. Wow. And the, I, and the I, ads I never, don't come up while you're reading at all. They ever, are, ever, they're never, on the, ever, they're on the, no, ever, never. It, never want to see ads in my books. Sorry. That right. would be a no-go for And that Absolutely. was the thing that worried me. But it, it shows it like if you're on the home screen, it's at the very bottom, a little tiny banner ad. And then on the lock screen, it's an ad. Okay. So it doesn't interrupt your reading experience, but still it's no. an, an annoying ad somewhere. Yeah. No. No, thank you. For $20, uh, they can show me ads. <laughs> Dianetics. <laughs> that that book comes with ads. <laughs> no <Just> comment. <laughs> so I I don't know. Um, it seems like a been a pretty good show coming back from a short hiatus. Is it? Yeah. Anybody else got anything? Or is it getting to be close to that time? It's about that time. And we're in good shape. Hey, you know what, Jimmy? Coming up on the next book guys show. I know, uh, Alan. I know you want to stay spoiler free from Doctor Who. Ooh, and I do I not do. want to spoil it, but I think Bill Meeks and myself, we've both read the five leaked scripts. Uh, we've also both watched the leaked episode one, and we don't want to leak or spoil anything for our fans. But, but everybody but dies! <laughs> <laughs> but on the next episode of Book Guys Show, in the second half, we will be hitting the closer bell for sure. And we are going to spoil the crap out of those first five episodes. Uh, Alan, the only thing I'm going to say right now is I hope this is the theme for the next years. Here we go. I'm telling you, Alan, it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward. Peter Capaldi. I'll cut that off. But you know what? He's awesome. And I'm going to describe him right now, Alan, for you. He's the Tom Baker of our generation, plus so much more. Well, he's got about eight years to go till he gets there. But I understand what you're saying. <laughs> oh, geez. Alan, it's going to be fantastic, as have, uh, Chris high, Eccleston high would say. And uh, I think uh, myself and Bill Meeks from Meeks Mixed Media are going to spoil the crap out of that in the second half of the next show. Suck it, Whoanites. <laughs> <laughs> the proper term is Whovians. Oh, I also so got to say, just like series one of the, the first episode, uh, season of the new series, this is an intentional leak. Right, sure. Oh, it has to be, yes. It's, intentional. A, it's definitely a leak if me, as a non-Doctor Who fan, heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> That was the purpose. And what, but you saying Tom Baker, that was the only Doctor Who that I ever ever watched when I was young. Now you, you're 
you're pulling me back in. Except, except <laughs> Scottish, with a Scottish accent. Well, as long as he's got something resembling a scarf. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, we're going to hit right. it? Jimmy, we're going to hit it or what? No. No, not yet? I got one more thing. <laughs> All right, one more thing, like uh, Steve Jobs. But oh, I'm going to save it for next week. Oh, so I like it. it. Teaser. teaser. No, Alan, we got to say, Jimmy's done a podcasting great... For free. Podcasters are artists. No I'm doubt sorry. About. Hold me to it. Absolutely. Jimmy, you've done a great job as host of the Book Guys show today. Thank you for having me on as a guest. Hey, it was great having you. Thanks for joining us. And Craig? Yes. Watch that mute button. <laughs> Professor Allen, great to hear from you, and uh, I'm sure you'll be joining us again soon once this uh, second round of healing is complete. It was a pleasure to join you guys again. And Brad Lepp? Thanks so much for having me. Go see some theater, and uh, good luck, guys. Have a great summer. And we'll be back uh, this time next week. Same... Hey, 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 same book time, same, same book, book channel. Time. Same book channel. Thanks for having me on, Jimmy. Thank you, everybody. My pleasure. Next week, lots of Doctor Who spoilers. Stay tuned, constant readers. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guys Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel. Thank you.